Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. everyone welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown show watched and heard exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network yours truly Carlos Brown June the 3rd here is today's guest menu of course Charles Edmund will join us 
here on the show following uh, Charles Edmond, who will be uh, Christian Zachary. He's a young student athlete who has transferred in uh, to Southern University's football program from Liberty University. So we're scheduled to talk with him at about uh, 11.35 Central Standard Time. Then, hour number two, Coach Van Petaway joins us as we talk some uh, NBA Finals. We'll definitely get that in. And then last but not least, well, not least not our last guest, uh, Coach uh, John Fisher. He's athletic coordinator and head football coach at Woodrow Wilson High School. He will be talking about another Southern University football commit, Bryson Baggett. So he'll join us. And then we'll get an update from the Gainesville Regional from A.D. Drew. Uh, FAMU will be taking on, I believe, UConn in an elimination game. So that's the guest menu uh, for you on today's show. And here's simply what's trending. FAMU, since the last time we talked, uh, FAMU, the 2023 SWAC Tournament Baseball Champions. Congratulations. They defeated BCU. And then last week, we I predicted, and others on the panel, of an all-Florida classic in the tournament finals. And that's exactly what happened. Of course, um, uh, FAMU over BCU 9-6. to six. Also, we're going to take a look at what's trending. Uh, the SWAC Commissioner's Cup. And that is always interesting. The best overall athletic uh, program in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And, of course, it's uh, a name, an institution that has had much success uh, the last few Commissioner Cups. And then the NBA Finals has started. Of course, you know who my team is, the Miami Heat, since 2006. They're down 1-0. Let's see if they can respond. But we'll talk more in depth about that and get the perspective from Coach Van Petaway. That's what's trending here on the Carlos Brown Show. Good morning and afternoon to everybody who's uh, watching. Now we have Charles Edmund. Charles, good morning to you. Good morning, Carlos. Doing okay? Doing fine. Doing fine. It's been a grind the last few weeks, softball, baseball, and it's just been a whirlwind, but uh, hey, I enjoyed it. Blessed to be able to do it and just looking forward to seeing what happens next. Well, it'll be a little bit of rest, I guess, for you. Um, now we're in the dog days of summer. Hot, humid. Boy, this weekend, <laughs> we'll give you a weather report. 93 and 95 here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But the thing that separates it it's hot. I know it's hot in, in most places, but the humidity um, that has been creeping up. So I'm going to be in the man cave, hopefully for a little while and <laughs> um, enjoy some regional baseball. Speaking of baseball, of course, um, you know, what's trending segment, uh, FAMU defeats Bethune-Cookman nine to six. And, you know, I, I didn't say it, but it was FAMU was a team that I thought had a great chance of being a tournament champions. And, hey, they took down the number one seed, Alabama State, and um, then they take on their rival and they defeat them 9-6. So congratulations to Coach them and, and FAMU. They, um, they did a great job. And then we're going to talk a little bit about in the Gainesville Regional. Um, they had their first game against uh, the University of Florida. But um, – your thoughts on, on the 2023 SWAC baseball tournament? 
Well, first of all, it's, it's good to see the tournament in Atlanta. First of all, that got a lot of talk on social media, the future of it. Um, Roger Cador talked about it. It's a three-year deal in Atlanta. So we got two more years of having the SWAC baseball tournament in Atlanta. Hopefully more attendance, hopefully more, a lot more support. It's been talked about. So that's first and foremost. I thought uh, it was a great atmosphere overall. A lot of support from fans from all the schools. But if you had told me two weeks ago, Carlos, that it would be Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman playing for the championship, I, I would not have believed that. Um, just mm -hmm. based on how good Alabama State has been. And I, I would say even Grambling, the way they were swinging the bats. But at the end of the day, you got to have some pitching. You got to make some plays defensively. And you can't leave runners stranded. And Grambling obviously didn't have enough pitching. They got eliminated, obviously. Bama State, I think they ran out of arms a little bit. That hurt. But but you got to give Bethune-Cookman and Florida and them a lot of credit. First of all, Bethune-Cookman, number one. And let's, let's, let's go back. Both of those teams, Bethune and FAMU, if you go back to last year's tournament, made it to the bracket finals, first year in the conference. So they were knocking mm -hmm. on the floor anyway. But they were able to, to, to break through this year. Um, you, you look at Bethune-Cookman, two years, didn't even play baseball uh, due to COVID and an opt-out. And so for them to be able to get back as quickly as they have, I think you have to give them a lot of credit. They did a lot of things right. Um, I just think at the end of the day, they just didn't make enough plays. And, you know, coming from the loser's bracket, you know, knocking off, you know, top team there to get there. And then Florida A&M. I mean, you know, they were three outs away from being undefeated and making it to the championship game without even, you know, having Saturday. But that didn't happen. Um, I think they just got hot when their backs were against the wall. Their bats and backs were against the wall. Um, they made all the right plays. They made all the right moves. And I just thought they were just a really solid team. Um, and so you have to you have to congratulate Coach Shoup. Jamie Shoup is just – He's a cool coach. He's a real cool dude. You know, when you talk to him, and I've talked to him the last couple of years, you know, he, he always quotes Charlie Ward and he says, you you execute, you play hard, and you live with the results. And they played their best baseball all year long when their back was against the wall in the tournament. They played Alabama State in the final regular season series. I think that helped them. So they had a lot of intel you know, on them anyway. They played them nine times during the season. So there was no secrets. But Florida A&M was hot. Their backs were against the wall coming from the loser's bracket. And they and they made a way. And so congratulations to them. I am going to say this as a supporter of the SWAC. I think Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M are here to stay in terms of SWAC baseball. I think we also learned about another rivalry. We know the rivals in this league. But you can add another rivalry in baseball. It's Alabama State and Florida A&M. That's a, that's, you can add that rivalry to the list of rivalries in the league. I didn't think that rivalry would blossom like it has. But, man, I've learned that that's, that's big time. So, well, and, and, you know, and, you know, Charles, I, I, I'm, I'm glad and I'm not because, you know, before Family and Bethune-Cookman came into the conference, you can – not really debate about Alabama State's success in the conference. So you got Alabama State, pretty good baseball program, uh, FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, good baseball program. So you're coming into a new conference, and you're going to clash immediately. And I think that's great for SWAC uh, 
baseball, and they have made the conference uh, better in terms of baseball and, and, and other sports and just being in, in the conference. So, you know, hey, competition is always a great thing, and you've got to continually uh, continually get better. Now, uh, I often talk about adversity or overcoming adversity throughout a season, throughout a game. Alabama um, FAMU comes from the, the loser's bracket, and I heard Coach Cato talking about it's tough to do, but it, it can be done. And they were able to, to uh, come in, and their goal, of course, was to, to win it like everyone else in, in, in the tournament. So congratulations to FAMU. Then they went on to uh, – uh, the discussion was where would they go. I was talking to some of my colleagues. They all thought it was going to be Gainesville. That's where uh, FAMU – went to play a short trip to play the University of Florida. But uh, to wrap up FAMU and Bethune-Cookman, uh, FAMU, of course, wins 9-6, 13 hits, Charles. Bethune-Cookman, 14 hits. Both teams, one error. And, and of course, you can see the final score, 9-6, to six, Bethune-Cookman. Then they go to Gainesville. And then last night, I was talking to our, today's producer, Brian Fulford, of the OG Strike Zone. And uh, I'll tell you what, fam, you made some mistakes, but the effort was outstanding. And giving up, what, two runs uh, early on and then only giving up one after, you know, late, later on, great effort by uh, fam, you. And, and Brian was telling me uh, before the show that fam, you didn't throw their number one pitcher. And that's always a, a discussion even here locally in Baton Rouge, most teams throw their number one starter, particularly schools like, you know, FAMU, Southern, Grambling, Bethune-Cookman. But that's interesting. They didn't throw their number one pitcher, but, boy, they got a great effort from him. But they fall short 3-0. to zero. But, hey, great effort by uh, FAMU in, in the Gainesville Regional. Yeah, they, they got good pitching, number one. Um, I think that if you go back and look at it, I thought just watching FAMU last week. Base and, running. And base running, especially in the ninth inning. They Mistakes. lost two runners at home plate. Uh, yeah. um, seven strikeouts, seven runners left on base. So the opportunities were sprinkled throughout the game. And I, I will attribute some of that, the, the, the left on base mm -hmm. and the, the strikeouts to nerves. First game. And, and, and look, it's tough. I mean, typically in the first game, and I've been to a bunch of regionals, I've seen, you know, our team, you know, we Southern and Mississippi State, you know, the game gets away from you. But I think if you're Florida mm -hmm. A&M, you feel really good about the 3 nothing score, even though you didn't win it. My guess is that they're going to play, they're going to throw their number one today. And um, and, and look, they got a pitcher at Florida A&M, they call him Everyday Moray. Zach Moray has pitched every game in the postseason. He pitched every game. He pitched in every game in the Swiss tournament. He's an Iron Man. Yeah, they they call his name is Zach Moray, but Coach Shoup calls him every day Moray because he's pitched every day. He's pitched every day in the postseason, including yesterday. I think he went an inning and a third. I'm sure he'll pitch today if 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 the game is close. But I think you know if you're Florida and him, you, you got to throw everything at it to stay alive. They're back yeah. against the wall a week and a half ago, and you saw what happened. We'll see if they stay alive today against UConn. Yeah, hey. You win or you go home. Um, yeah, mistakes, base running, uh, stranded men on base, timely hitting. But overall, they were in a position 
they put themselves in a position to be able to win uh, the baseball game. So, uh, you know, hey, we're pulling for uh, FAMU today. Um, let's see. Go in the chat room. AD, who's going to give us a report live. FAMU cuts a runner down at the plate to end the top of the first inning. And, yeah, he's watching the show. Thanks, uh, AD, live from the press box in Gainesville, uh, Florida. SWAC Commissioner's Cup as we move on. And before we get to our first guest of today's uh, show, the 2022-2023 SWAC Commissioner's Cup. Where, if you're watching and you're a Prairie View alum, an Alcorn State, a FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, et cetera, et cetera, where do you think? Put it in the chat box. Where do you think your your institution, what place that they finish? And if you already know that, are you happy, disappointed, or satisfied at where your institution, your your institution, where they're at in the SWAT Commissioner's Cup? Because it's it's not only just football, basketball, and baseball, it's overall athletic program and that honor goes to Alabama State not surprised 163 points let me just go through them quickly Jackson State number two 157.5 points Prairie View and them number three 132 points Southern University number four I'm kind of disappointed and surprised because I'll give my commentary about that later or in a few minutes. Uh, Texas Southern, fifth, 119 points. Grambling State, sixth. Seventh is FAMU. Eight is Bethune-Cookman. Nine is Alcorn State. Ten is Alabama A&M. And 11, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Mississippi Valley State finished 12th. Now, Texas Southern, 119 points. Grambling State, 112, FAMU 104.5, but through Cookman 101.5, Alcorn State 94 points, Alabama and him 91.5, Arkansas Pine Bluff 81 points, and Mississippi Valley State 35.0. That's the overall SWAC Commissioner's Cup. Now, the C.D. Henry Award, and that's on the men's side, Jackson State 1, Alabama State 2, Texas Southern 3, Southern 4, but through Cookman 5. Prairie View 6, FAMU 7, tied with Grandma State 9th, Arkansas Pine Bluff 10, Alcorn, 11, Alabama and Emma, and 12, Valley. Last numbers. The McGee Jacket Award. Alabama State on the women's side. 1st, Jackson State 2, Prairie View 3, Grandma State 4, Southern 5, 6, Texas Southern, 7, FAMU 8, Alabama and m 9, Alcorn State, and 10, Bethune Cookman. Charles, surprise. How you feeling? Um, you know, well, first of all, congratulations to Alabama State. I mean, doc, I know the AD, Dr. Jason Cable. And look, I mean, I'll say this as far as the how people feel about the Commissioner's Cup. That's a big deal if you talk to ADs in this conference. They don't talk about it a lot publicly, but behind the scenes, they want to win that, they want to win that Commissioner's Cup. I think it's a it's a it's a source of pride and joy because it shows you, you know, the commitment you put into your athletic programs and it shows up in terms of how you finish in the standing. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, when, when you think of the Commissioner's Cup, you know, initially you think about well, what are you doing in the major sports, football, basketball, baseball, softball? 
but it's like you said, it's a culmination of all the sports. All of so them. you just can't look at the, the, the big three. It's how you do in, in tennis, how you do in track and field, how you do in any other sports that that helps elevate you as well. So I think it does show the commitment for your overall athletic program. So congratulations to Alabama State that their facilities are terrific. They have a, a basketball arena that's outstanding. Their track and field facilities are outstanding. Baseball. And so when you get when you have that, you get good athletes that can compete and you're able to do that. So congratulations to Alabama State. Um, you know, clearly, clearly, you know, the, the, the best overall when you look at that particular award. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, doubt about it. And um, uh, I'm kind of surprised at, at Southern, believe it or not, because uh, they're fourth. I, I want to say last year they were maybe a little bit lower. Um, if you talk to some Southernites, well, you know, they feel that this Commissioner Cup Southern is just uh, the middle of the pack. And that's kind of where you look at it. Overall, Southern is fourth. Um, you would like for them to do better. Um, I understand it's tough as far as a uh, director of athletics. They got a lot of hats that they have to wear. You have to have fan support, uh, investments, resources, all of that, compliance. So it, it, it is a tough, tough job. Um, but Southern moved up just a little bit, and hopefully they'll uh, continue to uh, ascend, ascend higher. Let's see. James Verrett in the chat. Alabama State low turnover in Olympic sport head coaches helped them a lot. Thank you for that comment, James. Yeah, low turnover. And they, they put a lot of emphasis on those uh, Olympic sports, spring sports. And, and, and to your point, I've come across some fans, and they're entitled to it. They're, they're, they're thinking about the football, basketball, and baseball. So with that being said, I remember at, at a time where Southern, under the late, great Floyd Kerr, they, they won, I mean, commissioner cups in a row, a lot of them. But that was then. This is now. Congratulations once again to Alabama State, the overall SWAC commissioner's cup winner also trending uh, g boom says good morning good morning carlos and charles good morning uh the nba playoffs just a little bit of, uh, on that 104 to 93 denver defeats uh the miami heat but 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 we talked last week which was last saturday and there was going to be a big game seven between Miami and Boston. Miami went up 3-0. Boston being the competitors that they are, they bounced back to tie the series. Then Miami did to Boston what Boston did to, to Miami the previous year. Went into the Boston Garden. Boston went into Miami and won a seventh game. But this time it wasn't even close. A blowout, 103-84 to by the Miami Heat. Hey, played Monday. No excuse. Altitude has to go to Denver. Just my quick take on the 104-93 lost by Miami. One, the series is, of course, not over. Two, let's see Miami if they can bounce back. This is the first series, Charles, that they didn't win the opening game on the road. Also, I thought Miami settled for too many three-point shots. And, and boy, don't talk about the Celtics. They live by the three, and they die by the three. 
and, and Jimmy Butler has challenges, challenged his teammates and himself to get to the foul line, take play inside out. But and you look at it, Jimmy Butler, 13 points. I think he had kind of a subpar game. Uh, Bama Bayo, 26 points and 13. But I'll close with this. Denver, the Joker is who we thought he was. You are not going to stop him. But my concern is the others. That's who you have to stop. And the Miami Heat others have to play much better. But 104 to 93, Denver up one to zero. First one to four, of course, wins it, Charles. Yeah, um, it's still a long, a long road. I, you know, I personally think the series starts tomorrow night. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm gonna go back to the Boston Miami series. I thought the Heat won the series, losing Game Six, and I thought the Celtics lost the series, winning Game Six. Hmm. Um, should have won uh, Miami. What, I, what I'm saying is that I mean, yeah. after that, you know, the Heat should have wrapped it up. Clearly, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, we all know that. But I think coming off that emotional win by Boston, they didn't have it for Game Seven, and I think the Miami Heat were determined in Game Seven. They were angry, obviously, and they they just took it to Boston. So, you know, I, I thought Game Six flipped it in 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 kind of a, a reverse fashion to me, and and Miami, you know, got it done in Game Seven. I, I had no inclination that the Heat, after winning Game Seven, were going to go to Denver after that grind of a series, playing in the altitude. And I know people might use that as an excuse, but it's yeah, it's, no, it can't be an excuse. It can't I, be an excuse. I, I, I get it, but I think the emotional aspect of that previous series took a toll in Game One. Now, like I said, the series starts tonight, uh, tomorrow night. I think that's where the, you know the Heat have you know been in Denver a little bit. Both teams kind of feel each other out, and yes, the NBA is a three-point shooting league. I mean, getting it, taking it to the post, taking it to the rack—you don't see a whole bunch of that nowadays. I mean, you talked about Boston and all the threes that they took. The Heat took a bunch of threes. That's that's just kind of what the NBA is. The Joker's the real deal. They to me, and I have Denver winning the series. I just think Denver has more weapons. You know, I love Jimmy Butler. I love the dog in him, but I don't. And even with Jimmy and Bam, others have to step up. I don't know if Miami has enough, in my opinion. I might be wrong. If the Heat takes the game tomorrow, they go to Miami, then the series switches. But, you know, I I think the Heat are really, really good, but I think Denver is just a little bit better, in my opinion. Still early, though. I mean, it's just my prediction. But I think tomorrow night is where the series starts to me. And that, of course, tomorrow, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. Miami Heat at Denver, uh, game two. Game two. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. In in a few minutes, we're scheduled to uh, talk with uh, Zachary. Excuse me, Christian Zachary. I was going to say his last name first. (laughs) and First name last. (laughs) Christian Zachary. Uh, he transferred into uh, Southern University's football program um, about 6'3 now. When, when I talked to him earlier, he's up to 300 pounds. He's going to move inside and play defensive tackle. He has a interesting story, conversation to talk to us about. Uh, he has a nickname 
I guess I, I say nickname, but, you know, we'll see what he has to say about it. Rev, uh, a, a very spiritual guy, but we'll, we'll talk to him about coming to Southern University and different other things uh, in the conversation. So we'll take a time out. You're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com.
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, we're waiting on our first guest, Christian Zachary, scheduled to join us. I'm sure we'll give him a few minutes to uh, log in. But um, he's coming to Southern University uh, football program from the um, transfer portal, uh, Liberty University. And uh, I got a chance to look at some of his uh, highlights. Um, when Liberty played at Arkansas, they defeated Arkansas. Then also, I think I saw Liberty when they played Wake Forest. They lost a close one. So he comes from a great program. And, and looking at his bio, uh, he had quite a few offers coming out of uh, the state of Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma. And, and so I, I think this is one of the uh, positions that, the football staff particularly wanted to add some depth. And, and they also uh, have added uh, a couple more players that we're going to talk about on, on Southern University's football program and defensive line. And so with that being said, defensive line, offensive line, and I think Southern is still trying to add some pieces offensively, offensive line specific, specifically. So Charles, we'll, we'll we'll see, because it's uh football season is fast approaching. A lot of the players uh, have reported to summer conditioning. Then you'll have fall camp coming very shortly. Then you have Swag Football Media Day, and right after that, basically you look within a week's period or two weeks time, then fall camp starts for all of the institutions. Uh, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So, with that being said, I just believe, once again, this year is going to be a lot of pressure to win and be successful. Yes, sir. It definitely will be. And, and I'm learning this, Carlos, about college football. I see the videos of a lot of these football players, you know, checking into the dorms in June. To me, it seems like this is the most important time for college football. You hear you hear coach talk about the spring sets the foundation. I agree with that. But I also think now's the time that you also add to your foundation. Um, because, mm -hmm. because right now you got summer school and you got conditioning. And I don't know how, you know what the time that you put into it. I mean, is you, you can you always got to hit the weight room, you always got to stay sharp physically in football. So I would say this as far as college football is concerned, I'm learning and I'm I'm evolving in terms of my attitude towards college football. We always talk about what happens in August, but the foundation as far as the, the physicality of the game, which is the most important thing, starts now. And so as mm -hmm. you know, teams report right now, um, I think it's critically important, you know, to have yourself in condition physically. We haven't seen the heat yet. It's starting right now. Um, summer is, is cranking up pretty quickly. And so you're, you're going to see these, these coaches really get after the strength and conditioning coaches. Right now, Carlos, this is where they earn their money. You know, mm. strength and conditioning coaches in most programs are well paid for a reason. And so this is the time in which they're going to earn their money because you got classes, you got conditioning, maybe a little bit X's and O's, more classwork, but more so in the weight room, pumping the iron. So I think this is a critical time for all college football programs. And as you said, it's an important year for a lot of coaches in this league starting right here at Alcorn with, you know, Fred McNair in the last couple of years have been a big disappointment. You got Tyler Macon coming in. He'll be our quarterback most likely to start the season. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You got 
You got uh, Jarvion Howard in the backfield, Agent Zero. You got Tyler Macon, so you've got offensively the foundation. But I think it's going to be a real intriguing year with uh, T.C. Taylor at Jackson State. We'll pray if you get off the mat. Will Southern continue to build? You know, you hear a lot about, you know, Hugh Jackson and what's going on over there, Grambling, Bruce Eugene's comments. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot to digest, but I think it adds to just the storylines that we're seeing in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Play has improved. Coach Sanders is no longer at Jackson State. We'll see. They've lost a lot of players via the transfer portal, some to Colorado and other places. We'll see if T.C. Uh-huh. Taylor can keep the continuity going. We'll see if Coach Dooley can keep the continuity going. But there are other teams that are kind of chomping at the bit. So we'll we'll see. But I'm, I'm anxious to see how this year is going to go. Like I told the commissioner a couple of times over the last few weeks, no shortage of storylines. I think he likes it that way. We like it that way. And the fans like it that way. And in seven weeks, we're going to be in Birmingham, you know, trying to put it all together. Well, I know one thing, and I've had some animated discussions <laughs> uh, about – you know, the culture now, it's basically now you have to win now. You, you may have like a two, remember you used to have five years and, and technically that's the best way to put it. But now, you know, and I'll, I'll just say this, the culture now, you got to win quickly. And I'm just, again, I've had some animated conversations <laughs> with just Southernites other SWAC um, fans and alums, and that seems to be the culture now. Win now quickly. So with that being said, uh, Brian Fulford has, uh, I think he told me I guess was in. Oh, there we go. How you doing? How you doing? Good morning. How, how, how you love doing? Who, who turn this off? There you go. I'll make sure all of my volumes is uh <laughs> Down. We're about to visit with uh, Christian Zachary. Can you hear that? No, nah, it's just a little bit. If, if, right. you, if you can turn it down a little more, right. appreciate it. Yeah, let me get that. Because I want everyone to have your full attention <laughs> to, to, to be able to hear, hear Christian uh, on, on our interview. Thanks. Um, good. Well, I guess good afternoon for you. You're in Eastern Standard yes, Time, correct? Yes, sir. Well, a pleasure to have you on the show. Christian Zachary, coming to Southern University from Liberty University. And first and foremost, uh, Christian, your decision to choose Southern University football, what all went in that decision? Well, at the time, I was already committed to Western Kentucky, but I had this message request in my uh, Twitter. And I looked at the request, and it was like baptizing quarterbacks and stuff. And I was like, oh, he's kind of speaking my language, man. So I, <laughs> I clicked on the link, and I clicked, you know, I accepted his request. And I was like, you know what, give me a call. Because I really was feeling a, a good feeling about it. And we talked, man, and we just talked some good ball, man. A uh, scheme that kind of fits my game a little bit better. And I was like, man, this is this seems legit. So I was like, let's go. Let's do it. So with that being said, you you take a, a scheduled visit to Southern University. What was your first impression of, of the campus? Then we'll talk about um, the, the, the coaching staff and just your overall visit. 
Well, we start off, uh, we drove in or we, we flew in to New Orleans. So that was an experience in itself, man. It was beautiful, <laughs> man. I tried some beignets, you know what I'm saying? I was watching like Princess and the Frost since I was a kid. So I had to try some beignets. But uh, no, nah, it was awesome. New Orleans was great. And then, you know, we stopped by the campus and man, it was amazing, man. That stadium is beautiful. I mean, like really, that that's a it's a beautiful stadium. I was getting a hype, man, because we took some pictures in the middle of the field. I was like, bro, this is nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I saw um, those pictures on yeah, social media. Yeah, it was lit, man. But uh, yeah, the campus was great. Uh, like I love the family, like the family. Uh, it's very family oriented, and I, I just really like that. It's a breath of fresh air, and it really felt like home. So it was amazing. Yeah. How about the coaches and and you know, talking with them, how uh, your style of play or how how did you believe you would fit in, uh, and help the program and, and then the school helps you? But how do you talk to the coaches? How do you feel that you will fit in and help the program? Well, they want me at 3Tech, and that's what I've been wanting to play since I was a freshman. Um, originally in Liberty, that's kind of what they had planned for me, but because of mm-hmm. different things, you know, they, they wanted me at end at the, uh, last year. Um, but it's it's amazing that, you know, I'm playing three tech and he allows his three techs to go in, man. And that's, you know, that's the type of D tackle I am. That's the type of player I am. I like making plays in the backfield. I like using my hands. I like, you know, doing those type of things to be an explosive player. And with the defense he was talking and the film we're watching, I really believe that, you know, it wasn't just smoking mirrors because once I watched that film, it connected mm-hmm. with exactly what he said. So, uh, yeah, it was great. Now, your position coach is Coach Demarcus Miller, correct? Or, yes, sir. Okay, yeah, well, he's famous in himself. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. My, my favorite defensive tackle, or one of my favorite de- – no, my favorite defensive tackle okay. in modern Southern University football uh, history. Uh, we're mm-hmm. visiting with um, Christian Zachary, defensive tackle. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to – saying DN at first, but now I'm trying to get to defensive tackle because yeah. when, when we were communicating, you know, the release had you at 6'3", 270, I believe. But when we text, you're now... 290. I'm 290 okay. now. Okay. Yeah. 6'3", 290. So you've added 20 pounds yeah. with the moving inside, correct? Yes, sir. Quicker, too. So keeping that quickest for sure. Well, uh, next, you and, – and, and I made my notes here uh, for as a human interest uh, part, but you, you're called Rev, or is that um, a, a nickname, or is that a um, social media name? But It's a nickname, a social media name. is all of the above, man. That's, that, <laughs> that's that, a name that, I got in middle school. I was preaching at the lunch table. I always preach, man. Uh, any opportunity I had to, you know, glorify God's name, I did it. And people were just like, man, you the Rev, man. And, you know, I was knocking them quarterbacks out. So, you know, I was baptizing them. So they had to call me Rev. You know what I'm saying? So it just, it just came along, you know. <laughs> that You know, that's interesting because I, I, I've seen you on some other interviews on, on social media. And, um, you know, in my notes, I said, I got to make sure he explains that. And um, that's outstanding because I also have a human interest story. I always throw in a question. But how important uh, is, uh, the way I put it, faith in, in your life? 
Man, it, it's so important, man. Um, and I'm not perfect, but I know when I'm with God, man, my spirit, I'm at peace, man. And when I'm at peace, you know, that's what you want in life is to be at peace. And with God, man, you know, when I pray, when I get into my word, when I glorify his name, I have peace and I have purpose and I have direction. So that's very important in my life. I always want to be on a direction. I always want to be on a path. And I always want to walk in peace. Um, so uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to, um, I forget his name. But nah, yeah, I walk in peace, man. And I, I believe that everyone should, you know, um, everyone should walk in peace. Everyone should have Christ because with Christ, you know, there's purpose and direction. And without a man, you, you can get lost in the sauce. You can get, you know, you might be over here, over there. You might go that way, that way. But, you know, I, I'm placed on solid ground. So I'm ready to go. So. And, you know, and, you know uh, Christian, that's interesting because I, I think some would say, how do you, how can you have the faith and and, and, and spirituality? How does that help you playing a, a, a contact? A collision sport. Well, see, I, I think that's a people have a lot of misconceptions about different things in the Bible. David was a killer, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was David a warrior. Killed, like hundreds of Philistine, you know, all them. He killed the lion. He was a dog, man. And he Christ was with them. God was with him the whole time. He used the power of God to defeat his enemies, same as Gideon. There's many times in the Bible where there were some dogs in there, you know what I'm saying, that had to get a job done. It was a little bit dirty, but they did it anyway. Because, you know, in life, unfortunately, we live in a sinful world. And, you know, you, you know, <laughs> listen, if, if me knocking a quarterback out gives glory to Christ, man, I'm going to knock you out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to baptize you. Because, listen, when I baptize you, people are going to be like, hey, Christian, how you doing? I'm going to say, Jesus Christ. So all is all pointing back to Christ, and um, I believe a lot of Christians should take that mentality more often than being, oh, I got to be passive. Uh, uh, come on, man! Yeah. God made you a warrior. God calls you a warrior. He said you got the breath breastplate of uh, right. Well, I'm, don't don't quote me on this, but breastplate of righteousness, the sword of truth. You know what I'm saying? You you got to go in. The, it's a war, man. It's a war. So you got to go in there, fight it, man. So yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I understand and the way you explained it. Hey, I, I I agree with you on that. Charles, you have a question or two for Mister Zach? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, um, and and first of all, you know, I always follow players who who transfer and who make that choice to move on. Um, to talk about your experience at Liberty, at well, Q, Q Freeze was your coach, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Talk talk a little bit about that experience there. And then I'm always interested, and of course I, I do games for all corn and we have players transfer in and out. I'm always interested in the transfer perspective from the athlete's perspective. So just, just talk yeah. about that decision to transfer and what goes all into it. And as far as you know, you know, do players have their minds made up? Is it something that you talk about and decide at the end of the year, end of the year, and you just kind of reassess? How does all that work in your mind? And based on players that you know, the, the process of transferring, because you read names in the transfer portal and you're just you're just shocked that they would leave particular programs. But I know it's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. So, um, Coach Freeze was amazing, by the way, um, and Coach Chow was amazing too. Um, but my first year, 
my first year, I got injured. I was I was injured, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, being a freshman, I wanted to play still. I still wanted to get on the field. Probably wasn't the smartest decision. Probably I just should have sat out. But I ended up playing my five games, and I lost my red shirt. Um, hmm. I barely played in those games, too, so it is what it is. Um, my second year, um, I played at end. And, again, you know, no excuses. I, I should have had a better year. Um, I should have played better. I should have prepared better. Um, but I did not have the year I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't get the pressure I wanted. I didn't use the moves I wanted to use. I, I just did not get the job done. Um, but, you know, if I didn't go to Liberty, because, you know, I know you know that I'd offer some Bama, Georgia, things like that. But I feel like if I didn't go to Liberty, I wouldn't be able to go to Southern. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I would even be thinking about Southern if I didn't go to Liberty. And I believe my steps are ordered. So I believe God had me to go to Liberty for a reason, a spot of my life. I, I believe that I was placed there for a reason. But now God's moved me to Southern. And it, it's time to go. It's time to get lit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. What, what do you what do you know about the, the South, the swag? You know, you talked about being oh, on Southern campus and, and, and all of that. I'm sure you've heard about the tradition, the band and the tailgating and homecoming and just all that. What do you, what, what do you, what, how familiar are you with, with the Southwestern Athletic Conference and the big rivalry games you're going to be playing in? Oh, I know about it, Gremlin. Let's go. It's about to go down. I, go. I thought you, look, look, uh, Christian, I, and Charles, I, just from hearing him speak earlier on, on the, uh, the spirituality in his life. I knew he had done his research about uh, the Southwest Athletic Conference. You mentioned Grandma. Continue, continue on. <laughs> well, I know it brings, it brings two hundred fifty thousand visitors in Baton Rouge, and that's just amazing. So I'm gonna put on the show, man. We're gonna see a lot of baptism that day. You know what I'm saying? We're so, <laughs> <laughs> gonna see. You know what I'm saying? The but um, no, nah, it's amazing though. Is it a great opportunity? Um, I just love the SWAT culture. It's really, uh, it's, a, it's really amazing. So I'm excited for that. Um, I know there's a lot of his history that goes down with it. There's a lot of, you know, um, you know, black rights and civil rights that, you know, we've gone through. And I, I kind of saw that at Southern University. Uh, I forget the names, but there's two men that were shot in a, oh, yeah, a yeah. police protest. Smith and, Brown. Yeah, so it, w it was really interesting to see that, you know what I'm saying? That, that really hits home for me because in my home, you know, we talk about black rights, civil rights, black history all the time, you know what I'm saying? Roots and all that, you know what I mean? So um, I think it's a breath of fresh air when you have that genuine, when they have that genuine uh, connection towards that history opposed to just saying about it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, uh, at you know, HBCUs, you know, they're really about it. So it's, it's really amazing. And, you know, it's interesting because now the climate, the culture, you, you just kind of talked about it, but um, enrollment is up all across the country at HBCUs. And um, and some of that is, you know, happened because of uh, um, the killing with George Floyd. And it, it kind of brought people back to what's the yeah. true, true meaning of our lives and where we need to go. So with that being said, um, Again, we appreciate you, you know, coming to HBCU, Southern University uh, football program specifically. Um, academics. Yeah. Um, what do you plan on majoring in at Southern University? Or is there uh, 
uh, at Liberty, what did you uh, major in? I was studying uh, cinema, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, I can't take that uh, at HBC or not HBC, but at, at Southern. Southern. Yeah. So I'll probably take marketing because, um, you know, being able to market is kind of the same thing as almost doing cinema. If you know the knowledge of marketing something or uh, knowing how to advertise something, I think that's that's really important. You know what I'm saying? It um, is. I don't want to get too much deep into it, but, you know, society has definitely changed because of marketing and how things are advertised. That's yeah. Just, no, you're from right. a consumer, from a, they, they've changed, uh, you know, needing things to wanting things, which created way more consumers, which is, I mean, that's just amazing. You do some research on that, man, you'll be locked in for like hours. But yeah. it's really, 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 really interesting. But yeah. Well, it, it'd be interesting, Charles. If if, uh, if I could go back in time, that would probably be something I would be interested in. I, I got a, a Bachelor of Arts in history. So, I mean, history is important, but now yeah. marketing and, and, you know, the uh, field that we're in with, with podcasts and shows, yeah, it, it's, it, it's an, an important. Um, NFL player that you try to pattern your game on, and who is your favorite NFL player? Aaron Donald, Ray Lewis. Well, those are two famous people. I mean, <laughs> skill-wise, skill-wise, Aaron Donald, man. Like, when I was in high school, I would model. Like, I will literally do the things he did on the screen. So, he do a move, I'll do it outside to perfect it. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of that this coming year of – you know, that connection I have with Aaron Donald. I really love his game. I love his hard work. I've talked to coaches that actually coached him, and, you know, he's a hard worker, and I'm a hard worker too. So it's, it's, it's going to get, you know, dangerous, you know what I mean? Um, Ray Lewis, I love his spirit, man. You know what I'm saying? He got that boom, boom, you know what I'm saying? Get it done, no excuses. I love that type of mindset. I love that type of uh, mentality he brings to the game. And, you know, I want to be like Ray Lewis, and I want to be like Aaron Donald. So I say those are my two players I really look up to. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. You know, I asked earlier, impact on on the defensive line and, and, and the football team, what, will, what do you consider your strengths, and what do you think that you have to work on to get better in? But – your strengths and, and what you again bring to uh, Southern's football program. Uh, my strengths are um, I, I have a lot of strength. Um, I'm super quick for my size, um, and I'm a hard worker. You know what I mean? Um, I say my weaknesses are um, knowing I got to take care of my body. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I can get so um, you know, ah, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm stronger. I don't need no. I got to get myself, you know, right. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, your body is what's going to really uh, push you forward. You know what I mean? So I say I got to work on that. Yeah, and, uh, and that's interesting because I, I think Charles can, can weigh on this because I, I made a note about uh, the humidity. And you're, you're, you're a native of Georgia, right? Carrollton, yeah. Georgia? Yes, sir. Um preparing yourself you know just talking to people who 
were not from Baton Rouge, but came to play at Southern University, the humidity. How how, how do you prepare, you think, for that? Or, or, or do you believe that is it something that you can do to prepare for it? Or is it until you get to Baton Rouge and get acclimated to it? Water. <laughs> water. I mean, you got to drink a lot of water. I mean, I'm going to be chucking down a gallon of water probably every day or probably to have a jug with me, uh, probably an old milk uh, gallon, put some water in there and just carry that around the whole day. That's probably my plan right there. Hey, that, that's a no, great I'm answer. H2O, you can't H2O. do without it. That you that what keeps you living. You can go longer without food, but water not exactly. not not as long. Teammates on your visit, did you get a chance to to uh, meet I any met, teammates? I met Todd Brown. Todd Brown. You know, he's an older guy. Great last has, name. Yeah, you saw what? <laughs> great last name. I'm Carlos Brown. Great last oh, name. Yeah. And a great and a great player. Yeah, he has a great mindset for the game. Um, he's hyped up, and I know what he he knows what it takes to have a good football team, a good D line, and I'm excited to be a part of that. You know, what I'm saying I feel like we can work together. You know, get our D line to to do great things and push ourselves, accountability, and all sorts of things. So, I you know I met with Todd Brown. He's a he's an awesome player and an awesome guy for sure. Man, yeah, you're you're right. Coach, we talked about Coach Miller, also linebacker coach. One of my personal favorites, Coach Graves. I don't know if you had a chance to meet him. And then um, the defensive coordinator, Coach Henry Miller. Yeah. The connection those guys have, they yeah. all coached with Southern University before under mm-hmm. legendary coach, Coach Pete Richardson. Now Coach Dooley coached mm-hmm. under that same coach and now at Southern University, of course, as the head coach. Um did you get a chance to meet any of, of, of those coaches, or was just I met, all, I met with all of them? Okay, the whole, the whole, the whole trip, man. They were there the whole time, and you didn't get. Now you mentioned beignets, <laughs> Charles. You know, going. Did did you get a famous food item from a uh, blue store, chicken store? They did oh, the chicken store. Yeah, I was gonna say that they did not. Henry Miller told me about it. Oh, okay, because I was going Miller, to get on somebody. He, he told me about it, man. But I'm like, it's like, let's go there, coach. He was like, nah, we got to eat at this restaurant. I'm like, bro, I'm talking all this stuff about his chicken, man. He's talking about his uh his professor said I gotta stop class because he wanted some chicken. So I'm like, man, take me there right now. But you know, that was not the schedule. So I gotta, you know, you know, yep. be. You, cool with you, the schedule. Yes, sir. You you will get some uh, uh, approval of the, the the staff as far as the uh, <laughs> the chicken the, the chicken wings. Oh yeah, that 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 they're very good. Um, in closing, uh, what do you want to say to uh, the Southern University audience that are watching now? Man, you're gonna get a dog out of me, man. You're gonna get a dog. You're gonna get a hard worker, man. And listen, my goal is to win a championship, and I will do everything I need to do physically, mentally, to prepare for that chance. And listen, let's get it, man. Let's go, Jags. Uh, how how eligibility left? How many? I got two you? years, so you're gonna okay. get two. You're gonna get two rings for me, man. Two rings. <laughs> 
For sure. Well, you know, Southern's uh, fan base, they say Southern is the standard, and um, they're animated, to say the least, but I think you will enjoy yourselves uh, here at at Southern University. Uh, We appreciate you taking some time to uh, talk with us here on the Carlos Brown Show. Uh, Actually, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have some more guys who have committed to come on and uh, talk about uh, their decision to come to Southern University. Uh, But we appreciate your time. Look, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Thank you for having me on your your show, man. I appreciate it. Great opportunity. Um, It's awesome to uh, go out here and, you know, share God and give him the glory and, you know, rep the Jags, man. So I appreciate it. Yeah, and and the other guy that you're talking to, Charles Edmond, he calls the games for all corn. So Southern goes to all corn. It's called God's country. It's uh, it's a beautiful setting though, but it'll probably remind you of Liberty. Okay. Yeah. But go <laughs> in, go, go in and get a win. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my man. Take all care. Right, man. Be blessed. God bless. All right, God bless you. That was uh oh my <laughs> Christian Zachary. That was interesting. Good personality. Um, yeah, good personality, believes in his faith. That plays a big part of his life. Um, you know, he talked about uh, a player that he, he tries to emulate his play on, Errol Donalds. Uh, your, your team, Charles. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's kind of a scary thought. I mean, because we know how dominant Aaron Donald is. And if he if he brings that Aaron Donald aura about him, um, look out. Our offensive line is gonna have to come with it. <laughs> so, it, but look, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, number one, it shows you that coaches are looking, players are looking. There's still a lot of movement with players moving and going to different places, and you do get those gems. and And he seems to be one in terms of his personality. Play on the field, we'll we'll see. But uh, I mean, just that's a great kid, great spirit, great aura. I'm sure he'll be a he'll be great in the locker room. Yeah, because. Uh, he seems to be very uh, mature, mature, yeah. mature yeah. for um, his age and, um, and and things that he's gone through in his life already. You know, even at at at, at Liberty, because you know Liberty was the FCS football program at one time. Then they moved up and they've had some success. They yeah. really have because the, the the footage I saw, and and maybe we can pull up some before the show's out um, against Arkansas. You know, Liberty went in and uh, defeated Arkansas. They lost, I think, thirty-one to thirty to Wake Forest. Yeah, and um, and, and Wake Forest had an outstanding season this past year. So uh, come in, work hard. You know, you still got to earn the position, and if you don't start, you still provide added depth. Yeah. And talking to some of the Southernites who can be very tough. You know, that was one of the things that they wanted to see. Add depth on the defensive line. But, you know, they're still looking to add pieces both offensively. And and as we close and go to this timeout, still one of the biggest questions. The question is quarterback. The quarterback play. I think that'll work itself out. I really do. And we're gonna we're scheduled to talk with Coach Totten. And he believes he'll have a quarterback 
ready. Oh, and speaking of that, let me speaking of quarterbacks, next week, a young, he's gonna be a freshman, three-star quarterback, Jalen Woods. He has confirmed he'll be on the show next Saturday. Also, I'm going to throw a name out to you, Charles, and let's see if you remember this name, Maurice Hurst. Does that name sound familiar? No, it doesn't. Oh, uh-oh. How about anybody in the chat room? Maurice Hurst, does that name ring a bell? I'll give you a clue, Charles. He played in this conference and went to the NFL. I can't make the connection, at least, at least with the clues you're giving me right now. I, I will we'll have to dig more play, into it. Play defensive back at a school in this conference. Went on to the New England Patriots. Mm. Yep, that's Maurice Hurst. He, he's scheduled to join me next week. And some other uh, guests. Doing a commercial break, Google Maurice Hurst. I will. I will. On that note, as Charles gets ready to Google, <laughs> we'll be joined by Coach Van Petaway next. We'll be talking some uh, NBA playoffs. Also, uh, if I look in the chat room, let's see. FAMU gives up a run. What is the score? They were up 1-0, so maybe it's tied. I'm sure we'll get a... Um, We'll get an update from AD, and he'll join us in about 25, about 20 minutes for a quick update. You're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. show right here on the black college sports network thanks brian uh, update famu has hit their third solo home run now trailing four to three to uconn there you go famu battle battle yeah. to the end there you go because usually coach pedowin charles from my experience going to a regional that second day of competition if they come in and lose this bracket Things kind of can get away from you quickly as far as pitching. But a brilliant move by FAMU to not throw their number one starter and save him. I'm assuming the number one starter for today. But Coach Pedaway, good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon. I'm happy to be here and uh, uh, was able to sit in on, on part of the, uh, the, the the previous segment. And Mr. Hurst uh, played at Southern University, played cornerback at Southern University. Went to the New England Patriots, and uh, that's a that's great. And that was a great young man. You know, we we need more of that. We, we need to uh, highlight and showcase more of our athletes who who are uh, doing well and who who have it, uh, who seem to have everything together. Uh, because the young man that you all had on the defensive tackle, you know, he he's uh, he seems like he's got his head on right. Uh, he certainly has his priorities in uh, in the right order when when he has God uh, at the head of his life. So uh, that was interesting, and I really liked that. And I also, uh, Carlos, I didn't get a chance to say this last week, but I also liked the, the touch that you all had where you had the game live for the people. I think that was a great touch. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the baseball, you know, going in and out. I think that was a, that was a nice setup, a nice touch. Yeah, well, 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 thank you. Yeah, that was Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew, who in about mm, 10, 15 minutes, he'll he'll come to us live with, um, you know, live from Gainesville. He He's there. Speaking of live, no, rumor has it that I was going to uh, Denver. 
<laughs> the, the, alt the altitude may have just literally took taken me out. I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm dealing with all kinds of things anyway, but um, uh, let's go back a little bit, Coach Petaway, because last Saturday they were getting ready to play a game seven in Boston. Yep. And I quote, you said it would be tough to win yep. in Boston. And, and, and look, I, I would agree with you. I was nervous. I was sweating bullets and, and other things. And Miami went in there and not only won, but they won going away. Yep. And then you look at all the national pundits and prognosticators. Um, they all had Boston winning. And I understand that. Miami was the underdogs through the whole playoffs. Milwaukee, they beat the number one seed. They beat the number two seed. And now they're going up against the right, the number one seed in 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 the West. Correct. It's you just gotta love the fight of the Heat. And if they don't win this series, I could I'm still proud of them because they exceeded my expectations. But they did well. But back to the Boston um, game. Boston, if they're hitting their shots from the from the perimeter, they're tough to beat. But the saying goes, they live by the three, yep. and they crashed by the three. I'm going to stop saying oh, yeah. die by the three. Um, your thoughts of, of Boston, and then the prognosticators bringing up the question that, you know, will that coach survive? Oh, come on. But anyway. Yeah, well, I think they put that to bed. Uh, you know, yes. uh, they've already come on and, and, and said that he'll be back. Well, should, I think Miami, should be. they had a I think they had the right mindset going into Boston because you got to remember now when they lost at home, Jimmy Butler and Spurs, they went on saying, Hey, we going down there with the mindset to win the game. Mm. We're not just going there to play a game. We're going to win the game. And I think they came out and they hit, they threw the first punch. They hit them in the mouth and they kept hitting them until from the open tip to the final buzzer. They they beat they took Boston's heart. Now a lot of people are gonna put it on that Jason twisted his ankle. That injuries are a part of it. Part of the game. Right. That that's a part of it. But it's more than Jason Tatum on Boston. Mm -hmm. And and Miami just took them out of what they wanted to do. But while I was sitting there watching that game, the thing that came to my mind was that they don't have very much time to prepare for Denver. In mm -hmm. other words, they, they and by them playing in that seventh game, which was on Monday, that it was going to be hard for them to regroup and be ready to go uh, for this past Thursday. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I did that they did to try to help the situation, they is my understanding they left after the game and went on to Denver. They they had plans already made. That's a lot of confidence, huh? <clears throat> now that's not being arrogant. That, yeah. That's just being mindful and and thinking ahead. You know, if we win this, we need to move on because <clears throat> our bodies have to become acclimated to to that altitude out there. And I, and I think that was good. And I but I also say that because they had that long grind, that tough game seven, <clears throat> they were not going to be ready physically for that first game. Yeah. And, and and I think um, the game tomorrow. I think it'll be a better test of where Miami is going to be. That's what y'all said. Because I don't see 
<clears throat> when you look at what happened in that game, Caleb Martin was one for seven. Uh, mm -hmm. Butler was six out of 14. Strauss was zero for 10. Horrible. Uh, uh, Robinson, one for six. So <clears throat> without Hightower, Laurie, Vincent, and, of course, Bam, they would have – it would have been worse in that first game. Mm -hmm. they, they just couldn't match up. Uh, Denver used their size. I mean, when you got uh, Jokic who can – not only can he play the post, he's very good at, at uh, creating offense, got mm -hmm. another triple-double. He shot eight out of 12 from the floor. Then you had Murray who, who, who went off for 26 points. And also had 10 assists. But here you got Porter with a double-double. Uh, 14 points, 13 rebounds. Then you get 16 points from Gordon. And then Brown had 10 points. And, and then these guys are shooting well from, uh, from the field. And then you get a team like Miami who has relied on attacking the basket. Well, they didn't do that in that they game. They did not They only do shot it. two free throws. Two free throws for the entire game. So I don't, I don't see them – having two free throws in this next game, I think some adjustments will be made. I think one of the things they're going to do, they'll probably will attack the basketball. I think they'll be playing more downhill. And I also think that defensively, they've got to cut off some of these other guys. You're not going to stop Jokic. Right. Nobody's right. going to have a matchup for him. But what you got to cut down on is him making plays for these other guys. The others. Right. And, and and coach, amen. Garden and Porter, to me, the others. That's what I call them. That that to me, those two right there. And a lot of times they had Vincent. They they, they ended up having some bad switches with Vincent on them and then Martin. I mean, I mean Garden and Porter, six nine and sixteen respectively. All right. And, and they're very athletic and they play on the yeah. perimeter but you saw them go down in the in the post go ahead coach Pettaway, I, but I, no 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 I, no no you absolutely you're absolutely correct they are the key so what you have to do you have to minimize their production in order to stay in the, in the basketball game and then as a team Miami has to shoot the ball better their stars are have to 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 step up now bam yeah he gave you 26 well. points and 13 rebounds but you got to have Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler has to show up and play well. If he plays well, I guarantee you Strauss and, and Robinson will play a better game because they follow his lead. I just don't see Miami shooting this poorly in the next basketball game, and I don't see them not getting to the free throw line. So I think it'll be a different, a, a different outlook in the game on Sunday, Sunday night. To your point, Charles, you, you said – the series starts in your opinion tonight i mean tomorrow night yes yeah I, I look after coming off that grueling seven game series i expected the heat to get blown out in game one and they were down by as many as 24 in the third it, it really wasn't a game i mean the score the game was not as close as the score indicated um and you can say what you want about the travel and you know they played on sunday they started the series on thursday they were the to me the heat were whipped and, and, Coach, I said it in the last hour. I thought the Celtics lost the series in game six. I thought the Heat won the series in game six. I mean, I, and I think that seventh game in Boston, I mean, the Heat turned it up and the Celtics, to me, the Celtics just 
I think, I mean, I mean you can say what you want, but Emmy Udoka brought a sense of toughness to that organization that when he was let go, I think a lot of that left. Um, you had Stoudemire who left going to Georgia Tech, who was probably the glue to keep that team together in terms of toughness. Boston, to me, just wasn't tough. They right. were just, you got to beat the Heat, you got to be tough. And to me, Boston was not tough in game seven. So I think, you know, there's going to be three assistant coaches, according to reports, that are going to leave Boston to go to Houston, where Amy Udoka is now the head coach. So that whole uh, coaching staff is going to be re remade. They got to get tougher, talking about Boston. They got to decide what they're going to do with Tame and Brown. I think they'll both be resigned. It's going to cost them a ton of money, all that. But the Heat were the tougher team. But I thought the Heat just didn't have enough in the tank going to Denver. I, I figured it would be a blowout. It was. And so now the series is on, I think. If the Heat win tomorrow night, it's really going to be an intriguing series. Yeah. Because I yeah. think if Denver gets punched in the mouth, uh-huh. I can't I can't sit here and say that Denver's going to go to Miami and get one. I, I think it could be a home series. The home right. team can win every game in the series, which means the Nuggets might win it in seven. But if Miami gets one tomorrow night, I think Denver's back is against the wall, really, for maybe the second time in this whole postseason. So I, I, I think tomorrow's game is going to be really intriguing because Eric Spolster can adjust. He's one of the best at it. And I think it'll be a, a very entertaining game tomorrow night. Right. And then the big thing is, is on the defensive side, I agree with you. I think Miami is is probably the tougher team, the toughest team when it comes to defense. And they really got up into Boston. They, uh, I don't think they had their legs in this first game. But to be honest, their defense kept them in the game. They kept the game as close as it. This should have been a major blowout for Denver. But yeah. because Miami still continued to play a hard-nosed defense, even though they weren't hitting shots, they were still able to stay uh, you know, within range of, of, the, of uh, the, the Nuggets. So defense will be a big part of this series, and I think – when, when it comes to that aspect of the game, I would give Miami the upper hand when it comes to uh, the toughness and, and playing that great defense. I would take their defense over the Nuggets. The Nuggets, their main goal is to try to outscore you. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's yeah. a, and that has always been their mentality. So they don't stress defense as much. Now, we're seeing some great defensive one-on-one plays now because, you know, they're blocking Jimmy Butler's shot. They're blocking shots with people driving to the basket because uh, Denver's more athletic. I mean, I'm sorry, they, they're longer and they're athletic. So so not only do you have the length, they're athletic, and so they're, make, they're able to make some defensive plays, uh, especially uh, one-on-one. When Their one-on-one defense in the post is amazing, and it's because of their size. They got the size advantage over, over uh, Miami. And Miami's got to come up with a plan to where they get some of them guys away from the basket, where they can mm-hmm. beat them off the drop, beat them off the bounce, and um, then they're able to make plays for themselves or for their teammates. Yeah. Well, well, Coach, Coach, let me ask you this question. It's just amazing when I watch the Joker play. He he doesn't get sped up. Nope. He, he doesn't. He goes at whatever pace the game is at, and he's still right. going to give you twenty six and twelve. It's amazing to me how he can still get his despite the pace of the game. I mean. He doesn't necessarily have to have that big of an impact, but he can't, but he does, whether it's intentionally he, or unintentionally. He has he, he's a facilitator. Right. Yeah. He he's a facilitator. Gets, right. He, he intentionally gets his teammates involved in the game because his mindset is 
I can get mine at any time. But yeah. he realizes that he needs these other guys going. And if you watch him, he's going to make sure that he's attempting to get his teammates involved in the game. And, Charles, before I forget, I did have an opportunity to listen to you, uh, the, the Bethune-Cookman game. I, I, I did. Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to listen to you uh, broadcast also. So you did an outstanding job, man, as always. And, 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 that's, and that's incredible because I, I like the chemistry between Charles and, and Coach Cato. And I quote, yeah, yeah. And that was a hoop, man. And that was well, a hoop, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. It, it, it's not me. I mean, it's, you know, I give Coach Cato a lot of credit. You know, I, I kind of bounce things off of him. All I do is just put some stuff on the plate for him to, to chew on. That's, that, that's all I do. Well, and you're so, you know, man, coach, man. Coach, you're is, coach is wonderful. Um, he, he's forgotten more baseball than we all know. So I just I just piggyback off of him. And then I want to give Charles Bishop credit, too. You know, we did something different. We had interviews from the dugout. Um, and so Charles Bishop was ter ter terrific in, in, in that. I learned, a, I learned a phrase from him, Carlos, the urban jet stream. Oh, we uh, used it, it last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. Had fun yeah. going through that stadium coming off them buildings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you – you didn't see the trees move, but you saw the flag move. Like, what, yeah. what is going on? But, you know, it, I, I appreciate it, but it's not me. It's James Crenshaw, the producer. He's got a lot of young camera people that are doing good stuff behind the scenes. Charles Bishop, Roger Cater. I just go along, go along and get along. But I, I appreciate it. And it was a it was a great tournament, great turnout, and, and hope to continue. And talking about appreciating people, Charles Bishop, Charles Edmund, and Coach Roger Cater, we're going to bring in a report from the Gainesville Regional right now uh, as soon as we bring him up and that's ad drew and uh, to tell us uh, give us a live update of what's going on as far as baseball regional in, in gainesville uh oh, oh, that's pat riley texting me i'll talk uh -oh. to you after the show pat, <laughs> <laughs> pat is fired up let's see what does it say don't give up on the heat oh no no <laughs> Even if they go down 2-0, it's still – Yep. you still got to come back to, to Miami. And you're talking right. about toughness. You know, now, now Charles talked about Boston. Yeah, Miami was tougher mentally and tougher overall than Boston. But let's give credit to Boston. Down 3-0, and they win three in a row. Yep. So um, you can attribute that to uh, coaching and, and the players themselves. They're, they're tough. Maybe not as tough as Miami, but my only suggestion would be to them, they, the, their style of play, they rely on outside shots, but they don't, they don't have any inside post play to me. And is that something, Coach Pettaway, that maybe they can look at changing or if they stick to their philosophy of where they're playing outside, outside spacing, how can they improve? Well, I think they, they're waiting on Williams to develop. I think if he can continue to develop, I think he's their future. And they've got to get some more people, pieces to go with him. But uh, offensively, all they're doing is throwing lobs to him. I think he has to develop his post game where they do feel comfortable enough to go down to him in the block. But I think because of uh, Al Hoffer, he's always played on the perimeter. So you're not going to get a, a post-up game from him. So that's why I think doing, you know, through the trade or, or draft picks, they've got to get some help in the paint so that they can have a, a, be, a better balance. Because you cannot, 
when when your legs are gone, you're not going to hit those three-point shots. When they take away your legs, your legs get tired, that 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 shot is going to be off. So they got to develop uh, a mid-range game and a post game. And I think uh, another year, another offseason for Williams, I think he'll be a better uh, offensive player for him. And then I think they got to do it by, by they got to do it uh, through the draft. Well, it's going to be interesting. A.D., good afternoon. What's going on, fellas? Oh, well, we're, we're, we're going well. We're doing well. We're now listening to you with, with a report. What's the latest? Uh, just had a, a second pitching change of the day. Fabu has gone to everyday Morier. As, uh... <laughs> I've heard about him. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, uh, uh, he just came in at the uh, last inning. He got one out in the, let's see, in the top of the fifth inning to get FabU out of a big jam. And now uh, UConn has just put in number 50, his last name is Kirby, into the game. FabU has a runner on first base with nobody out here in the bottom of the fifth inning. FabU trails five to three. UConn, five runs, 11 Hits, no errors. Fam, you three runs, four hits, one error. All three of those runs by Florida AM are on big flies as they hit three solo home runs in this game. Well, you know, you, you appreciate the home runs, timely hitting. Uh, did Fam, you pitch their number one starter in this yes. game? Okay. Yes, 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 they did. Okay, because we were kind of talking about that. Most teams in game one, they'll they'll usually play their, you know, pitch their number one starter. But Correct. Sam, you no, did. well, not, not, in, not in the tournament necessarily. Uh, you usually see the in the 2-3 game, you usually see the ones going. But in the 1-4 matchup, a lot of times, and, right, right. and Sam, you now have first and second with, Nobody out. They just scored that a hit right there. If you're watching on uh, on the NCAA uh, network, yeah, that was just a a dribble right there in the no man's land between the pitcher and second base, and nobody could get it. Ty Hanty now went back. But yesterday, Fab used number two went against Florida's number three. Uh, okay. Yesterday, I, so, I got it mixed up. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, mo- that's, but that's most. Yeah, but most um, teams. You know they they don't pitch their their number one starter. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, the first game. yeah, yeah. The two threes usually pitch their number ones because they want to get that advantage and get that win. The Getting one the four is where, right. The one four is where you usually see teams going off. As, as pitch like pitch down is what they usually say, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, quickly, another update of, of the game. Uh, a tip. Ty Anthony uh, just tried to lay down a, a sacrifice bunt. Runners were on first and second with nobody out, and he pops up to the pitcher. Hmm. So one out now. Not one out, you know. Uh, Fab, you committed their first error of the tournament earlier that that led to a UConn run. Yeah. Ad, we appreciate the update. We're still gonna be pulling for. Uh... Fam, you hard here in, in, in Baton Rouge and in, and in Huntsville. And but but it's now. Hold up. But it's now. He might beat that out. He did. 
As you so the bases loaded, one out. Jared Weber just beat out a well, – should have been – I don't know if he was actually bunting or bunting for a hit, but irregardless, he just uh, reached base. So now you have bases loaded with one out and Sebastian Greco now up to bat for the Rattlers. Well, a, a, a single, right, Charles, probably brings in two runs. Yeah, a single ties, yes. Anything, anything, uh, anything to the gap, then you may possibly retake the lead. And I, if you let me, I'll try to uh, hang on to this at bat for you, uh, Carlos, if you guys right. have time. First pitch is fouled off behind the plate for strike one. I'm really surprised, uh, AD and Carlos and coach, that uh, that coach brought in Moray again in this situation. He's pitched in every game in the postseason. With it being close, I thought he might save him for maybe later in the game. He may be rolling the dice and saying, you know what? He's a guy that, that can at least keep us close. And so even though it's in the middle of the game, I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm surprised that he brought in Murray when he did this early, considering he pitched an inning and a third yesterday. Yeah, but, but Charles, if you don't bring in Murray at that point, he may not never pitch if that they, if they gets away from a fan view at that point. Right. So that right. was, even though it was the fourth inning or the fifth inning, excuse me, that was essentially a save opportunity for the Rattlers. You have to look. Win or go home. This is, it's win or go home. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Fab, you have to win this game to extend their season. They lose this game. They have a 500 season. There's, you know, uh, congratulations for winning the SWAC title, but it's not it's not what they want. And let's be real. Everybody in Rattlerland knows that FAMU is not probably not going to make it to Omaha. But every game that they win uh, gives not only the Rattlers, but HBCU Nation hope and helps with recruiting. Right. And I thought they did well. Yeah. Uh, when they there's a foul ball that's going to be okay. Ground ball, ground ball to second base. They tried to turn the 4 6 3 out at second. First, Sam, you plates a run. They have cut the lead to five to four. All righty, five to four. UConn over FAMU. AD, we appreciate the uh, update. Um, we'll look forward to uh, another update, even if you – I noticed you've been putting it in the chat room as well. Yeah, um, hold on that, hold on that, fellas. Uh, UConn is going to challenge that play at first base, it looks like. Uh, so that run made this. I'm trying to see the umpires are getting together, trying to see if somebody is going to the uh, yes, it just gave the official signal that we do have a challenge from the Yukon bench. So they're going to the tunnel to rewatch the play. On that note, <laughs> we'll let you, we'll let you let you go, but I'm sure you'll update us. I'll close out with uh. Coach Petaway, and then get ready for our next guest who's waiting. But uh, appreciate the update, AD. And that All was right. AD. Coach Petaway, we'll wrap it up quickly. I'm looking in the chat room. Um, EA say, guys, it's extremely difficult to win four straight games after being down three to zero. That's why it's never been done. No, yeah, but, but, you know what, <laughs> but you know what happened this time? No, this is the first time that that. That team that was not, that was down zero and three had that seven game on their home floor. Now court. it's yeah. always been on the road. 
Yep. So if it was going to happen, it should have happened then. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, he says, Coach, no answer for Jamal Murray. Lakers had no answer. Suns, no answer. <laughs> He's going to get his. The Joker's going to get his. I'm still more concerned. What kind of defensive adjustments will be made with the others? Correct. Now, from a, a defensive standpoint. Um, Coach Petaway, who you like tomorrow night? Denver well, or I, Miami? I, well, I, I'm going to be honest. I, in my heart, I want Miami to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see the adjustments. If they don't make the right adjustments, Denver continue to use their size, and, and they'll win the game. If adjustments are made and Butler's ready to play, Miami has a great chance. I'll take Miami tomorrow night. <laughs> my heart and my head, bounce, they, they bounce back. I, got um, I think it's going six or seven either way. But, uh, yeah. oh, my, a lot of people saying sweet. Five, I think 90% of the people saying it's going to be 4-1. No, nah, I don't think it'll be a sweep. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. It better not be 4-1 or I'm taking a trip down to Miami. <laughs> All on, right. on that note, Coach Petaway, we appreciate you. We'll talk again next week. All right. Thank you, man. You all stay safe, man. Be good, you Coach. Too. All right, Charles. You all bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick timeout. And when we come back, we're going to visit with um, the athletic coordinator here, football coach, Coach John Fish. He coached a young man that's uh, – going to Southern University, Bryson Baggett. He'll tell us all about him when we return. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
you kind of got to like the college <laughs> athletics and the band. I, I added a little new piece there, uh, the Bethune-Cookman University Wildcats band. And uh, I'm going to add a little bit more of each band. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, the we're the South Dynamite, Carlos. Uh, we'll, we'll have to... Uh, <laughs> we'll have to work on that one. <laughs> now, <laughs> thank you, Charles. I'm going to be joined now by the athletic coordinator and head football coach at Woodrow Wilson High School. He is Coach John Fish. Coach, good afternoon to you, sir. Welcome to the call. How you guys doing? Well, well, we're doing fun. We're, we're having a little fun, talking a little yeah, uh, NCAA baseball. By the way, FAMU has tied the game up with against the University of Connecticut. Five to five. We've talked to um, another commitment for Southern University football in Christian Zachary. And now uh, we're going to be talking with Coach Fish and um, Bryson Baggett, uh, who committed yes, to Southern University. Coach, talk a little bit about um, Bryson as a person and a player. You know, it, when we got there, you know, this is uh, end of year one for me at Woodrow Wilson. And when we got there, you know, obviously you're evaluating the, the kids, the roster and what you have. And Bryson, uh, you know, stood out immediately, uh, not just because of his play on the field, but because of the type of kid he is. Um, a kid that was an immediate leader in the locker room. Uh, was a kid that is high academic kid in the classroom. Uh, does things the right way on and off the field. And so immediately for us, the staff, you know, that that's the kind of kid you want to build it around. And. Um, throw in there, he can play a little bit too, so that helped. So, um, no, Bry Bryson's an unbelievable kid. Yeah, just looking at the footage of uh, Bryson, and, and and we do have the uh, footage we're gonna uh, put put up uh, for uh, him, Coach. Um, his impact on your football team, as we can see, what did he bring uh, as far as on, on specifically his play on the field? Yeah, no, you know, he, he's a kid that honestly, he, he can play so many different positions for us, you know, whether it's putting him at safety, throwing, pulling him down, playing inside linebacker, even being able to, you know, athletic enough to play outside linebacker, you know, his versatility uh, allowed us as a defense to do a lot of different things. And so, um, you know, just that in itself, because at the high school level, you know, generally you don't have kids like that that can do do so many different things. Multiple things. Um, you know, the, the, one of the biggest things about him was that football IQ as well. Um, you know, I think that at this high, especially at the high school level, man, that's what sets those kids apart. You know, every team's going to have some good players, some kids that can go a little bit. But when you got a kid that's got uh, the instincts and the football IQ that, that Bryson does, I mean, that 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 right there is something that is a coach's dream. And then you know, the last part of what probably makes Bryson the best player on the field is, is his toughness. Um, the kid the kid will run through you. Um, you know, I, I don't forget, you know, I think it was week six or week seven, we're playing in a big-time district game, and, um, you know, Bryson's helmet gets ripped off, and, it, you know, he gashes his chin open. I mean, it's mm. it, it, needs, it needs stitches. I mean, he's he's all over the place, man. And comes off the field, you know, put a strip on it, and let's get back to work. I mean, there was not even a hesitation, you know, and so – that type of stuff with those types of kids, man, um, you know, th those are the, almost the things that you can't coach. You know, it's the, you know, they kind of come in and, they, and they're, they're built that way. And so uh, Bryson on the field was that for us. And, and you know, really was, was what we want to kind of build the identity of our defense around. And so Bryson kind of provided all that on the field. So, Coach, his primary position was linebacker or, as you stated, just yeah. versatile. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he, he was a starting inside linebacker for us. Okay. 
Um, on the next level at Southern University, projection would be linebacker. That's where you think you see him at, or, or yeah. what, did he, what, what did he talk about? As well, yeah, Bryson, man, I'll tell you, Bryson, the great, the great thing about Bryson is he's going to be a kid that shows them, says, where do you need me? You know, coach, you're going to trust his coaches to put him in a position to be able to help the team. Um, for us, you know, obviously, you know, at the high school level, you don't get to recruit your kids, man. So, you know, right. you, you, you got to put them where, where they best fit for the team. In all honesty, Bryson is probably more of a strong safety, a roll-down kid that can can be added into the run fit. Um, but he's so much so athletic, He you know, he, he can go in the back end. And so – to me, I would project him at the next level. If I'm guessing, they'll put him somewhere in some type of, type of strong safety fit where they can roll coverages and, and add Bryson to the run fit as much as possible would be my kind of suggestion. If they were to ask me, I think at the next level, he's more of a more of a safety. Uh, but again, he's also a kid. You know how it is when these kids show up as freshman year. You know, he may put 20 pounds of muscle on and be, a, be an incredible outside linebacker, maybe even bump him to a wheel where he can, you know, use that athleticism and not just be – you know, the, the, the Mike run filler, you know, the, the plugger guy, you know, they'll be able to, you know, put him in a position to be able to help them both. Coach Fish, that, you know, listening to you, that's what I was thinking and was going to be my next question, the possibility of him adding uh, 15 or 20 pounds without yeah. losing that athleticism. But now after hearing you uh, talk about it, I, I could see him as a rover back, well, you know, yeah. uh, you know, really because his athleticism and, and, and I appreciate you talking about his high IQ academically. He's an outstanding student as well. Correct. Yeah. yeah yes, sir. Wow. Yes. It, 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 and on top of that, you know, one of the things that I love most about Bryson is, is Bryson. You know, when you meet him, his personality, he, he, he loves everybody and everybody loves Bryson. And it's not one of those things. They love him because he's the life of the party or anything like that. They love him because Bryson cares about people. He's a relationship guy. Um, the way he's represented our school, whether it's been at, you know, going out and being involved in different student uh, activities, uh, leadership activities outside of the school. Um, you know, he's very involved in Kappa. He's very, you know, he, he's a kid that he's going to be a representation of the university in a way that, that goes beyond anything he's going to do on the field. And he understands the value of that. And so when you get a kid that's, you know, 16, 17 years old that already understands the value of the way you carry yourself and the way you do things. Well, those are the type of kids you want representing your university or your program. We're visiting with Coach uh, John Fish, head football coach. And when I was looking at your bio, you know, athletic coordinator, is that similar to athletic director? Is it the same it, thing? Okay. Yeah, it, it is. We, you know, the way to build it, you know, obviously we're a multi-high school district. And so we have, we have an athletic department that has, you know, executive ADs, but um, at the campus level, I'm the, I'm the campus athletic director. And so um, every sport on campus runs through me and I, and, and I try to use whatever time's left over to try to coach a little football. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I almost want to actually, it's uh, uh, Bryson, a, a multi athlete uh, a multiplayer like does he play more than just football is there any other sports activity oh yeah, oh, he, yeah. he uh he, he ran track he he can, he can go uh but he also went out for wrestling this year he wrestled this past year um, <laughs> and so you know and to me that's i mean we push our kids to the wrestling our football kids we try to get all of them involved in wrestling because there ain't no tougher sport out there guys 
you out there, it's, it's mano y mano, all eyes on you, go compete. And so uh, Bryson jumped in that head first, and he loved it. I mean, every time I talked to him, he's smiling from ear to ear, talking about how much he loved wrestling and wish he'd have done it, uh, done it sooner. Wow. Yeah, I guess it, it, it does help, too, with uh... – because we often talk about footballs uh, and, and most of all sports, uh, a, a year-round conditioning, uh, mm-hmm. and, and where even when it's downtime, it's not really downtime. Uh, Coach, speak about Woodrow Wilson's football program. Your, your season this past season, your outlook for this upcoming season. Yeah, you know we had a great year. Um, you know, you take over year one, and and we, uh, you know, we lost the the previous class before me getting there. It was a big senior class with some big time dudes in it, and uh, we knew we knew going this past year in twenty twenty two that it was going to be, you know, there's some young kids going to have to step up and do some different things. But we ended up having a great year. Um, the way the kids bought into the culture of what we were trying to do there. I mean, it just. Uh, it, it, it turned. It ended a little too soon than I wanted. We went. We ended up going five and six. We lost in the first round of the playoffs. But you know, we structure our schedule too to to, to play a super tough non non district. Um, we're playing a bunch of. We're a five A school in Dallas, and so we're playing a bunch of six A schools around us, and uh, just trying to prepare our kids to understand the standard is always going to be be raised, and our, our expectations are make deep playoff runs and eventually play for a state title. And uh, so we had a great year. We you know broke a lot of school records and did a lot of great things. But I think. Uh, as we look into year two now, going into next year, uh, man, we got some some dudes that are gonna gonna be all over the field, especially defensively. We got a linebacking core that, uh, man, try to find me a better linebacking crew than the one we got at Woodrow Wilson. We got a bunch of bunch of Brett Bash brothers down there ready to come down and get you, man. So it's that that part's exciting to watch the way they play and run through the ball and play with a little bit of edge. Um, and then we got a really really dang good quarterback that can sling it, Cam McGuire. Um, we've got some young skill kids that are going to have to step up and grow up a little bit over the summer, but I think if they do, we got a we got a chance to be pretty dang good in 2023. Coach, um, it, it's interesting. Um, me and Charles have talked on the show and, and, and plenty of the guests. When you look at uh, with the transfer portal and student athletes, and I, I talk to parents all the time, they're concerned that their their kids are good students and athletes. But the opportunities are really cut now because of the transfer portal. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Uh, with, 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 with the opportunity for your student athletes to, to get opportunities, and even with Bryson, um, mm-hmm. what other kind of interest he, he got from other schools in, in, in your area? Yeah, I, I try not to. I don't, I don't know how many people you got tuned in today, but I hope I try not to, to tick anybody off today about talking about the transfer portal because, uh, well, man, I've ticked, I've ticked off a few people. I know. Okay, that. well, I'll, I'll, jump in, I'll jump in the boat with you, man, because uh, they here's the deal. You know, obviously, I'm a high school football coach. You know, it's you know, I'm, I'm coming from that perspective. You know, if I'm a college coach, I may feel differently, but uh, but the reality is this that the transfer portal the extra year from COVID, the, the things that, that took place, you know, from last year's seniors, this year's seniors, and honestly, probably for the next two to three years, you're probably going to see this effect on high school athletes. And as far as, you know, the recruitment process, you know, and, you know, the, you know, what schools are actually committed to finding kids that they want to develop instead of trying to, you know, grab out of the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. And, and at the end of the day, I get it because, you know, those guys, you know, at the college level, they're coaching for their lives, man. They, you better win or you're going to be there very long. And so, yeah. you know, some of it, I, some of it you understand, but whenever you're dealing in the business of kids like we are, you know, it, it, it's hard because, you know, Bryson's a perfect example of this. You know, when I came in last year, 
Um, Wyoming was real big on him. They they were all about it. Um, you know, he he had interest from uh, some Division twos that were. You know, he was top of their board, but Bryson's a he's a Division one kid. And uh, but what what we noticed kind of as the recruiting process you know took place with Bryson is that you know it changes the climate changes because the kid that you know even for colleges they don't know the kids every year they're going to leave they're going to stay and so they may be real hot on a kid one year and then realize that hey you know this isn't our need anymore and and it changes on them and and you know unfortunately that's kind of just circumstantial towards kids and it's hard to hard to deal with that but in the same time I think you know we've got student athletes in high school that do understand it and the biggest thing we talk to our kids about is don't don't use that as an excuse. Don't use that as, as man. Uh, it's not fair. It's a, you know I, I, you know just like I tell my own kids at home, man. Uh, that not fair thing. We we don't allow that around here. You know we're never going to be victims to the to situations, and so we're going to find a way. And I think this is a perfect example where um, towards the end of the year, Bryson was concerned. You know because you know you, you just you're a kid that you know you're a high recruit. You know you can do it, but man, when that when it's just that's not there. They're not beating down your door like they used to. What do you do? And so, um, you know, obviously through this process, talking with Bryson and, and, and working to get him in front of the, the right people, you know, he, he ended up getting connected in with Coach Dooley and, and it all worked out. And that's what I always tell him, man, is just hug his neck. And, I, you know, I said, man, I love you. Look what happens when you just stay the course. Keep doing what you're doing. Trust the process. Is it exactly what you expected it was going to be? No, you didn't expect to be a PWO going to Southern, but look at you, brother. You're about to be a Division One football player at an incredible university, just like you told me a year ago you wanted to do. We found a way. And so I think that's where, you know, for high schools, you if you don't have that mentality, then then because the transfer portal ain't going away. This isn't this isn't gonna just all of a sudden overnight change and go back to the way it used to be. I mean, it's just not. So um, you know, and I, I think too, as coaches, you know, especially in the state of Texas, man, where um, you know, it's it's to you know, in my opinion, the best football in the country as far as high school athletics is concerned. You know, we, we do have the luxury of having a lot of network of, of college coaches in the state and things of that nature. And um, you know, continue to build those relationships helps, I think, a lot with the kids. Um, and then just continuing again to trust the process. The Lord's gonna take care of you, man. You just gotta stay the course and and He's going to put you right where you're supposed to be. And so here comes Bryson to Southern, and it's going to be exciting to watch him. Yeah, and hopefully you'll be able, if time permits, uh, to get down to Baton Rouge and enjoy some uh, crawfish and all the good food and the culture. <laughs> now and we're I'll, talking. Now yeah, we're talking. Because the other guy, Charles, and, and Charles, if you got a quick question, He's a guy that can put down some crawfish. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need it, I'll Coach. Well, 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 Coach, you know, I'm always impressed with high school football in Texas because of the facilities. I oh, mean, yeah. You, you guys are building – I mean, in Texas, they're building stadiums as big as some of the stadiums that we play, 20,000-seat, 25,000-seat stadiums. Yeah. I'm impressed with that and the amount of resources that are being – Put into it, but 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 you brought up a, a, a good point about trying to stay active in the sport. I do games for Vicksburg High School in Mississippi, and one okay. of the requirements, if you're going to play football for Vicksburg High School, you have to be on the powerlifting team and you have to run track. Mm. Talk Love about it. the importance of that because it's not just about football; it's about staying active all year long and trying to stay as in best shape and, and to stay as sharp as you can. Agree, hundred percent. And that's you know we we tell. 
Oh, my, uh, probably my, my day one speech to the football team is, uh, congratulations. You guys are all two sport athletes. You know, I have some people like, what the heck are you talking about? Said, Everybody in here will run track. Every one of you, I don't care if you can, you know, it takes you 10 minutes to run a mile. I don't care what it is. We won't find something for you to do to compete uh, year round. And I think that's, you know, what you're, what you're, you know, it's, it's not even, you know, we do obviously, you know, our off-season programs, our boot camps and things with football. But the thing you can never, you know, you know, re, re, you know, incorporate to your kids is competition. You can't fake it, right? You can't go in the weight room. Yeah, I'm going to try to lift more than you and all that. But you've got to be involved in something, whether it's powerlifting, wrestling, track, where you're going to line up against somebody in the spring and you're going to compete. Because you can't, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, reinvent that in the offseason you can do all the competitions you want you know in your practice time and all that kind of stuff but man when i gotta line up against another dude and try to try to beat him down this track you know it's it puts spotlight on you and we want our kids to feel that year round and so uh, i think that also speaks to the culture of your athletic program too when you got kids that you know you you want your football program to be kind of the nucleus of the culture of your athletic program well the only way to do that is make sure that those kids are getting that culture are carrying it to your other sports and so um we we push that hard here and, and i i encourage any any coach that i talk to to make sure that that is a priority for your kids they can't be specialized kids man you gotta they gotta get involved in multiple things if you want to grow the grow the culture and and grow it in the way that it's got to be a championship level man you gotta have them involved in, in multiple things well coach on that note uh we appreciate the time giving us uh, some perspective on uh, Bryson Baggett, um, your upcoming 2023 football season. We wish you the best in that endeavor. And also uh, just kind of giving us your, your thoughts on, you know, the transfer portal. I, I agree 250% with what you said on that. Um, and Bryson, I'll say this, PWO, but somehow I believe he will be scholarship. I think so too. It's all said and done. Trust me. But uh, have a great rest of your weekend, and we appreciate the time and uh, look forward to talking with you again real soon. All right, Carlos. Thank you for the opportunity to come on here and talk about Bryson and our kids and Woodrow Wilson. Man, these this is a it's a privilege to get to do this job, and it's a privilege to get to uh, impact these kids and and see them go off to do great things. And uh, appreciate your time today. I appreciate you. And uh, look, I'm going to be keeping up with uh, your football season. Best of luck well, in 2023. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Y'all ever in Dallas, y'all holler at me. I'll, yes, sir. Will do. Hadn't been to Dallas right. in a long time, but uh, maybe well, Come on, baby. All come right. On. <laughs> <laughs> that was Coach uh, John Fish, head football coach at uh, Woodrow Wilson High School and also athletic uh, coordinator. Um, in our closing, Charles, I, I, I definitely want to say this, uh, a speedy recovery to my, uh, best friend, Michael Elam. He's, uh, under the weather, but he's progressing and doing well. Also to Willa Brown, he lost his, um, older brother last week. So our thoughts and prayers, uh, go out to, uh, uh Willa Brown. FAMU, I think the latest update, it was tied 5-5. Five to five. Brian, let me know if um, the score has changed. Close the comments, Charles. 
Well, as we wind up another uh, sports season, of course, FAMU's got it going, and hopefully they can live on to play uh, Florida later on. It's just been a great sports year all the way around. You talked about the Commissioner's Cup. Uh, just, you know, congratulations to all the teams. Another great year in the Southwestern Athletic Conference and HBCU sports in general, and uh, looking forward to, to an exciting 2023-2024 uh, season. Congratulations to all the teams, all the individuals, and uh, hope to keep it up in 23-24. FAMU and UConn tied in the bottom of the seventh, five to five. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. want to thank uh, all of the guests. Uh, well, that's a little early there, Charles, but uh, <laughs> Charles Edmund, uh, Christian Zachary, Coach Van Petaway, and Coach John Fish. Also want to thank all of you who are watching Remember, like and subscribe, hit that notification button. Uh, my JBN One Jericho Broadcasting Network, and um, that's gonna do it. Appreciate you, even if you watch in it live or if you watch the replay. We appreciate it. Uh, yes, yeah, support the Black College Sports Network in our 25th year. Please visit, you can see it, myjbn.com/slash grow and choose how you would like to support our work. Definitely do that. Until next time, Saturday morning at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Peace and God bless.